You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. What stereotypes about those that are different from you have you found from your own experience to be staggeringly untrue? Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 426. Our title this week is The Subversive and Transgressive Call to Love Our Neighbor. Our reading this week is from Luke 10, 25 through 30. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him, he took pity on him he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring an oil pouring on the wounds oil and wine then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper looked after him he said and when i return i will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers the expert in the law replied the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So some rhetoric and and other elements of the Jesus stories we have discussed over the past few weeks, they've not aged well. But this week's reading is one of the reasons I still hold on to the Jesus story. This week's section, it it displays the, the heart of the moral philosophy of the Jesus of the Gospels, a moral philosophy that that I believe still has in intrinsic value as we seek to be compassionate, just, and safe humans uh, today in our context. A version of this passage is found in each uh, 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 synoptic gospel, as well as the, the gospel of Thomas. And I'm talking about the first half here, not the story of the Samaritan, but the defining the law as as expressions of love. It's uh, This is uh, from uh, Matthew, no, sorry, Mark 12, 28-34, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him of all the commandments, which is the most important. The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one, and there is no one other but him. To love him with all your heart, 
heart with all your understanding and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw this, that, that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Matthew's version is a little different. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The first, This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That, again, that's Matthew 22, 34 through 40. And then when we get to the Gospel of Thomas, uh, a non-canonical gospel that, that um, contains many of the same sayings or teachings of Jesus, it says, Jesus says, love your brother. And again, that's that's that version. Uh, it, it's it's uh, languages of its time, uh, like your life. Protect him like the apple of your eye. So, so most historical Jesus scholars agree, given Rabbi Hillel's influence in first century Judaism, that the Hillelian practice of interpreting the Torah through love, uh, love of God, and love of neighbor, that was the Jewish interpretive school that Jesus was following here. This was not original to Jesus, uh, um, but it was very. It was one of the contending interpretive lenses uh, in Jesus's society uh, of interpreting the Torah. And Jesus named the second uh, greatest commandment as Leviticus 19's command to love one's neighbor as yourself. And the context of this command in Leviticus shows that its 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 love was much more than sentimentality. This love. It was economic, it, it was political, loving one's neighbor, it, it meant prohibiting the oppression and exploitation of people Israel's society had made vulnerable. And you can find that in Leviticus 19, 9 through 17. And because of this, those of us who seek to follow the moral philosophy of Jesus today have a strong precedent for interpreting our sacred text through the interpretive lens of love and applying that ethic of love politically socially and economically. Recently, I was in, in Lexington, Kentucky during a, a denominational pastor's convention, and I wasn't there at the conference as an attendee, but I worked alongside a group uh, that is called Seventh-day Adventist Kinship International, and it, it, it's a group that provides uh, LGBTQ-affirming resources in that denomination and, and refuses to, to uh, exclude LGBT Adventists, uh, both both post uh, former Adventist and present Adventist, and 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 they they continually call for LGBTQ inclusion uh, within that denomination. And and this event again, it was a a, a a pastors' convention for for North America, and and they were there providing pastors with with resources for those who had either the courage or the curiosity to to visit their table. And while I was there, I attended a presentation by a friend of mine. Her name 
name is Alicia Johnston, and she she was a pastor within that tradition, and then uh, became she was fired actually when she publicly came out as bisexual. Her presentation that I attended uh, it introduced her new book, The Bible and LGBTQ Adventist. We're going to be giving uh, some more information on that book in the next couple of weeks on how you can get a copy for yourself. It's brand new; it just came out last month. But Alicia shared an example in her talk that, that resonated with me. T- uh, today, she said, LGBTQ affirming theologians, they often use love as the lens, and this is the context for this week's reading, they use love as the lens through which to interpret and understand their sacred text. And non-affirming theologians, they do the opposite. They use the sacred text and interpreting that text through their own social location to define what love or loving means. Those are two different approaches. And for those who may be tempted to imagine that these two interpretive options are both viable their fruits are not the same. They produce different results. One is life-giving and life-affirming, while the other has a long history of producing harmful definitions of love that have proven even lethal. The lethal results of prioritizing the text over an ethic of love it should give us all pause. And this story, it also has some unique elements in this context. Luke's gospel, again, is the only gospel that adds to the love-based interpretation of Torah, the story of this good Samaritan. It's a story that shows how this lens was to be lived out in, in one's daily choices. Luke's Jesus applies the ethic of love by applying it to to those that are even outside of his own community. And this story, it uses the the then long-held tensions between people in Judea and people in Samaria. And think of them as as uh, siblings. Um, Samaria was once the capital city of the northern Israelite tribes. This story turns the commandment to love one's neighbor on its head with a Samaritan neighbor modeling the ethic of, of compassion for others that we were to emulate. Jesus' story here, we have to remember, it's both subversive and it's transgressive. Jesus subverts his society's stereotypes about Samaritans and transgresses the strongly held boundary between us and them. The Samaritan in this story shows compassion through his actions towards someone who had been beaten, robbed, and left for dead. And in the story, this happens after the political and religious representative, uh, uh, those representatives from that person's own region had passed him by. The Samaritan in the story transgresses social and political boundaries to practice this ethic of love, demonstrating a larger application of neighbor that includes both Judeans as well as Samaritans. And so, the Samaritan in this story, who uh, could have been viewed as morally inferior, the Samaritan becomes actually the example of enlarging neighborly love to include them as well as us. And Jesus calls calls those in Judean society to practice the same love as the Samaritan does. And I love this story because the Samaritan practices a a universal love 
ethic uh, that that again it transcends the boundaries between some and the and the hostilities even between Samaritans and Judeans and this story it's this practice is deeply transgressive of, uh, uh, not only of those boundaries but it's even transgressive of the the the, the typical framing of the Samaritan uh, folk as somehow morally inferior and there's so much that we can glean from this story today what christian stereotypes about others are we being called to subvert in our own societal context what are those stereotypes rooted in uh, do do our christians today and this is a rhetorical question we all know the answer but our christians today uh, are they continuing to communicate stereo harmful stereotypes that are rooted in bias and bigotry uh, toward folks of a different gender or religion or race or or sexual orientation or gender identity and and expression or or those with lesser education or economic status or or some other category what stereotypes about those that are different from you have you found from your own experience to be staggeringly untrue i mean think of the samaritan here the samaritans once again uh, as a a, a, a sibling uh, or a neighbor community a neighbor region they were looked at there was a long history there but they were looked at by many as as being morally inferior and yet jesus tells this story that challenges that false that mischaracterization of them and again whether we think of political religious or social communities what does it look like for us to, to lean into this boundary transgressing practice of defining our neighbor, of enlarging the definition of, of neighbor? And how does the ethic of love of neighbor in this context call us then to transgress our community's boundary of us and them? And what does genuine, authentic love, what does it look like once our definition of neighbor has been enlarged like this? And lastly, what else are you reading in this week's story what is this story think of it for in your own context what else does this story invoke for for you heart group application number one share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group number two what boundary transgressing definition of neighbor is this week's story bringing to mind for you and discuss that with your group and then number three what can you do this week big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today, wherever you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.